Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Corinne Bursa with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to the Supply Chain Buzz. Corinne, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm still feeling good from that win on Saturday night. <laughs> we are too. In fact, I might just have a picture. I might have to share. Our family was there at the game. She's talking about the NLCS game six with the Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves found a way to pull it out. So had the time of our life, Corinne. What an experience for the whole family. I am thrilled that you guys were able to be there in person. Uh, we had a blast. And you see, all three of our kids are big fans, but this I don't know if you can see my pointer or not. In the middle is Gracie, and she probably had the most fun we've seen her have in quite some time. So who knows? A big old baseball fan. Maybe she's going to be the next uh, Cy Young. Who knows? Who knows? But I see they got their <laughs> pearls on, too. So they were really, really ready for game day. <laughs> October, right? October. Well, hey, talking about big, big personas in the game, we've got two big guests here today, two big repeat guests here today. Robin Gregg with RoadSync will be joining us along with Logistics Lee Classcow with Bloomberg Intelligence. So buckle up, folks. We want to hear from you. We're going to hear some uh, some hot takes here today, perhaps, but lots of information that you can act on. And we want to hear from you as well. Corinne, pretty stoked about our two guests here today, right? Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear what they've got to, to share with us today because they've always got kind of their, their hand or their finger on the pulse of what's happening. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to learn a few things. I am positive of that. So we're going to say hello to a few folks here momentarily. And and then we're going to dive right into our conversation. So, Corinne, get my slides ready to go here. Um, I want to first up invite folks to join us tomorrow for an, a webinar we're conducting with UPS, Crocs, and Sunjoy. Have you heard about this supply chain squeeze, Corinne? Absolutely. And I, <laughs> I, I think the word squeeze is the right word for where we are right now. So uh, that's bound to be just uh, an action-packed discussion. Hope everybody can join. Agreed. Agreed. And squeeze is certainly the right word. Well, hey, we're going to uh, offer up best practices, new ideas for getting through the supply chain squeeze, not just in fourth quarter, but certainly as it continues on probably throughout next year. So join us tomorrow at 12 noon. You need to register. You can you can learn more either via the link in the show notes or at supplychainnow.com. And then coming up November 2nd, this is one of our newest webinars, Corinne, we've got booked. On November 2nd, 12 noon, we're going to be talking about uh, fueling excellent CX customer experience through visibility, diversification, and agility with our friends at Rate Links. Are you going to be ready for that one? Uh, let's see here. That's a week from tomorrow, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's that's just next week, and and that should be a good topic. I love the focus on the customer experience, right? Because that's what it all comes down to, and, and where we all need to be focused on providing the best experience, you know, at a cost that we can manage. And right now, those costs are getting tough very difficult in the constrained environment that we're living in today. Agreed. And if you can see my pointer again, Nate Endicott has been a repeat guest uh, previously on his last live stream appearance, Corinne, one of 
the things he shared that had our community's hair on fire. He was talking about digital transformation, talking about doing things differently. And he said, it's time to stop eating donuts in your den and get to work. Uh, (laughs) Challenging all the leaders out there to do things differently. So really enjoyed that. So y'all join us November 2nd, 12 noon. And finally, so Azul Ark. So Corinne, we all really enjoyed uh, a big project that that wrapped a month or so ago. And we, we basically reworked the entire Supply Chain Now website. And that we couldn't have done without our great friends and partners at Azul Arc, right? That is true. They were just really terrific to work with. And talk about the customer experience. They really delivered and uh, worked closely with Amanda and our team to launch what we think is a really outstanding website experience. So I'd love it if our listeners could um, could chime in and let us know if they like the new look and feel, if they're finding the materials they're looking for, or if they have any other good ideas for us. Excellent point. We want to hear from you. And if you have new ideas, let us know that too. The library function in and of itself, since we've got yeah. 900, 1,000 different uh, episodes on there to be able to search by and effectively by a search term, that was wonderful. So today's show is produced in partnership with our friends at Azul Arc. Of course, a leader, as Corinne said, in user experience design and development of websites and custom software applications within and really across the supply chain industry. So big thanks to Zaheer and the top-notch team over at Azul Arc. And you can learn more at azularc.com. Okay, so Corinne, let's say hello to a few folks. I'm really excited about Robin and Lee joining us once again. They always bring it. They're as reliable as Santa Claus, the Postal Service. I, I think we can still say that, right? And they're, they're <laughs> models of consistency. So uh, stay tuned in just a minute as we bring them in today. But let's say hello to, let's see who's in the audience here today. So Shiel, hey, hey, thanks for joining us via the skyboxes today, via LinkedIn once again. So she'll remind everybody where you're tuned in from. Christopher Trailer from Texas. You think that's a city in Texas? Hello. <laughs> I just know you don't mess with Texas. I don't know. It could be hello, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, Christopher, great to have you here via LinkedIn and looking forward to your contributions. We have the one and only Mohib from where, Corinne? Oh, it's so good to see you. Wichita, right? That's right. The air capital of the world. I, I feel like we can really get going now if, if, if Mohib is with us. I have missed you, so I'm glad you're with us today. That's right. He was wondering when my... He says his next favorite host is going to be here. Good morning, Corinne. Uh, hey, Mohib, she is here with us. Corinne Burst is the one and only, so looking forward to your contributions today. Hey, we're going to be talking about logistics and logistics leaders and all things ports related. And of course, we couldn't do that show without Sylvia Judy, who's out there making it happen. Right, Corinne? She is. Absolutely. She's got eyes on the situation. That's right. And as we talked about last week, Savannah's challenges are Charleston's gains here lately as some traffic has been has been pushed a little bit further up the east coast so Sylvia really looking forward to your observations here today David is back with us David hope this finds you well yeah welcome back David it's good to see you or good to see your face (laughs) looking sharp I bet he's done some off-roading last weekend undoubtedly Christopher is confirming it's not hello Texas Ah, it is Dallas Texas so great to have you here Raza is tuned in from Pakistan via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Raza. Welcome. And uh, looking forward to your contributions here today. All right, folks, let's do this. So, Corinne, are you ready to bring in our star-studded P3 
panel here today. I am. I can't wait to hear what they have to share on the buzz today because they will definitely have a unique point of view. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So let's bring in our featured guest, Robin Gregg, CEO with RoadSync and Logistics Lee Klaskow, Senior Analyst, Transportation and Logistics at Bloomberg Intelligence. Hey, hey, Lee, Robin, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? Doing great. It's nice to see you guys. Great, great to be here. To see you both. Now, uh, I got to say, we already got the cat out of the bag a little bit in the pre-show, Robin. You're broadcasting from the new RoadSync Global Headquarters, right? That's right. Yep. Nope. We have uh, 31,000 square feet here in Midtown, Atlanta, and are, you know, basically getting folks back to the office a couple days a week. So it's been fantastic. Well, uh, congrats on all the growth. We're going to talk about that towards the, the second half of today's show. And uh, great to have you back. Enjoyed your work on Take Your Shot with uh, the one and only Greg White. So more, more to come on that. And Lee, good afternoon to you. You know, I think every time you join us, it takes me back to the in-person interview we did, which feels like about seven years ago, but it's probably just like two years ago. And it was right around the time when I think y'all had gotten a new family dog. And I cannot remember the name. How's the dog doing? It's Bailey. He's doing quite well. He's, um, he's, 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 he's in, yeah, I'm trying to think of a funny joke, but he's doing fine. He's a cute little dog. <laughs> I can't well, think has, of anything. Has he he rules the roost, though. It's Bailey's kingdom, right? He's pretty spoiled, yes. He gets a scrambled egg every morning for breakfast. And, you know, the, the family kind of treats him quite well. Man. But he can't eat chicken or poultry. Breakfast. He can't eat chicken or poultry. That's, uh, that's the one thing he vomits when you, when you give him that. So we, we try not to. <laughs> okay. Uh, join us next week as Bailey is our featured guest. And we dive in deeper to his story. But, hey, Lee, great to have you back. Really enjoy all the wonderful work and analysis you do out in the industry, one of our favorite and, and longest recurring repeat guests. All right. So speaking of, too bad Bailey isn't here to weigh in, Corinne, on, on this first fun question we're going to have, uh, we're going to pose to y'all here today, because it is World Pasta Day. Yes, World Pasta Day, perhaps a day that challenges your diet unlike ever, never before. So I want to go, <laughs> I want to go around the panel and let's kind of get a feel for what your favorite pasta is and or your favorite place to get it, right? Your favorite restaurant. So Robin, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going to have to be our, I want to say Rosie. That's not the leadoff hitter for the Braves. That was uh, NL in Rosario. Thank you, Amanda, from around the corner and down the block. <laughs> Rosario, uh, NLCS MVP. So Robin, on World Pasta Day, tell oh, us yeah. what is your favorite? I'm going to be really controversial. So uh, with, you know, pandemic and everything, I've been trying to eat better and not do as many carbs. So I'm going to go zoodle because it's cool to say, right? Hi. It's very cool to say. It is cool to say. Yeah. I'm going to zoodles. Yeah. That's my answer. Yeah. Now, do you, is that something you make at home? Are you good mm -hmm. at cooking zoodles? Yeah. I mean, you can't really mess up zoodles, but I will say I do not create yeah. the zoodles. I buy the zoodles pre-created. So okay. yeah, you can get a little machine. That's just too much. That's too much. Okay. But, and I'm sure this is very short lived, but for now it's, it's zoodles. Okay. Fair enough. And one more follow-up question to that. What do you put on top of your zoodles? What kind of sauce or accoutrements? You there? just do normal, like, you know, red sauce or whatever. It doesn't make, you can put pretty much anything on top of it to treat it like a normal noodle. Okay. Treat it like a normal noodle. We yeah. all want to be treated like a normal noodle. We I love do. that, Robin. And really quick, <laughs> a little Monday meltdown, Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario. I was thinking like 
all the other Rosarios. Hey, it's been a long weekend, but Eddie Rosario came through in the clutch over the weekend like never before. Robin, okay, so Zoodles. We're starting with Zoodles. Uh, Lee, coming to you. for Your favorite pasta and or your place to get it. Well, Robin took the win out of my sales. I was going to say spaghetti squash. I thought that was going to be really funny, but um, I guess I'll, oh. I'm going to say gnocchi just because I like saying it. And it's, I've, I've made it a couple times myself, it's, and it's been quite bad when, when I've done it, but I like it, ordering it out. But when I love gonna, it. When I got to carb um, up, that's what I'll get. So do you have a, a go-to place? I haven't been to a while, but I used to live in uh, Hoboken. There's a place called uh, Margaritas, which is uh, pretty good. It's like a little family-owned place. It's a love it. Nice. Those those are the best kind. Yeah. Uh, those those uh, family recipes passed down generation after generation. So uh, that sounds like a wonderful place. Okay. So Robin and Lee, kind of a, a couple different departures from from some of the pastas I had between my ears. Uh, Corinne, how about you? What's your favorite pasta? I would say my favorite pasta is probably good old-fashioned lasagna, just with with everything in it you know kind of thing there's no locale version of that that uh, that really makes the uh right you know makes the final grade but i did see a really interesting video this morning on the topic of pasta uh, pasta about flat okay. packed pasta so given our logistics focus here today so the ability to you know to package in a smaller package the sa same amount of pasta and this came out of the world economic forum and 67 percent of pasta i think today as it's packaged right is is air right and excess packaging so with this new flat package um approach you get the same amount of pasta with considerably less packaging and therefore considerably less less waste so i thought that was really interesting given that it's world pasta <laughs> right hey we're supply chain nerds. We can't take uh, a pause long enough to not get back to supply chain. And Sorry. shipping air yeah, <laughs> shipping air is expensive. I got to give a little shout out to, we are big fans of pho, Vietnamese pho, right? And unfortunately, the Great Recession took our favorite place out of business uh, a few years back oh. in the Atlanta area. It was on... Um, you name it. If you'd like a certain cuisine, that's the place to go and to get really good, the authentic stuff. But we're big fans of pho and have been Mohib. As a matter of fact, I was introduced to pho in Wichita, Kansas, Wichita? of all places. So I'll save those stories for later. But now that we've celebrated World Pasta Day and identified some ways, uh, some supply chain best practices when it comes to pasta. Thank you, Corinne. Let's move right along. We'll say hello to a few folks. So Esme is with us here today via LinkedIn. Esme, let us know where you're tuned in from. We'd love to know that. Uh, David has been doing some off-roading and he didn't get stuck. I uh, had a beautiful night run through the park. Man, off-roading at night? That just that sounds very adventurous. I don't know. Lee, you ever done any of that? Well, like uh, like on a bike or like on a dirt, like a motorcycle, boom, boom, on a Jeep. Jeep. When I was a kid, yes, there was a, in high school, a bunch of my buddies had Jeeps and we used to go off-roading. I lived in uh, northern New Jersey and there was a lot of wilderness out there. And um, yeah, we used to do that and probably some other bad things in the in those Jeeps. So talk well, about that. <laughs> Man, you yeah. learn something new about <laughs> learn something new about Lee every time. Robin, I gotta pose the same question to you. Any any raw off roading? I grew up in West Virginia. There was no on roading. <laughs> <laughs> what part of West Virginia, Robin? Um, Martinsburg, West Virginia. So, okay. um, if you're familiar with uh, Harpers Ferry, West Virginia is the midpoint of the Appalachian Trail, and I grew up 20 minutes away from it. 
Oh, fun. Okay. We're going to take a deep dive into y'all's background. I get the 60 Minutes reporters out and and investigative reporting reporters out to take a deep dive into Lee and Robin. Sylvia shares this here today. Provide a food truck, 100% Italian, 100% 100 delicious, right on Highway 17, right before you turn on to Maine, the main road into Kiwa, Kiwa Island, Mm. of course, in the Charleston area, and 100% veteran-owned business. Semper Fidelis. Love that. Okay. And finally, uh, Sushil asked about the win-win negotiation. Uh, Sushil, we'll, we will try to shed some light on that as we kind of work through today's, some of the headlines that uh, we're going to talk through. So great question there. Everybody's looking for a win-win for sure. Okay. Lee, Robin, and Corinne, you all ready to dive into uh, some heavy lifting to get to work? Sure. Let's yeah. Start. All right. So Lee, we're going to start with a great article came to us from Bloomberg, and it really focuses on the continuing gridlock challenges across the world's ports. Lee, kind of walk us through this a bit and, and give us your take on what we're seeing here. Yeah. So, you know, the situation that we're in today is months, uh, years and decades uh, in the making. Where we are, are uh, a bunch of ports, uh, especially in Southern California, that are extremely uh, backed up. That backup more recently has been caused by weather. It's been caused by, I'm sure everyone remembers the Suez Canal being blocked for a while, uh, COVID lockdowns, and just the impact of COVID in general as it relates to manufacturing, consumerism. Now we're dealing with labor shortages because of COVID because people are calling out sick and it's it's tough to get uh, people, whether it's on the ports or in the warehouses or on the trucks. And then you have lack of warehouse spaces inland. You have lack of chassis or the ability to get those chassis at the various ports. Then you just have really, you know, what we view as a driver shortage or some argument if there truly is a driver shortage. We're in the camp with, yes, there Mm -hmm. is a driver shortage. Uh, It will continue. And there are a lot of reasons for that, which we can discuss either now or later. But, you know, what we've seen is is a huge backup. Um, You know, we look at data from uh, Marine Exchange of Southern California, and there's about 105 vessels that are in Southern California that are just waiting to unload. The good news is, is that in the next uh, three to five days, there's going to be a slightly lower than average amount of vessels coming into the ports. One might argue the reason for that is that most of the ships are tied up, so they're not able to go back and forth. But, you know, it will give, I guess, the ports uh, more time to work through the back the backlog. And it's not going to be that famous, you know, I love Lucy scene with the chocolate conveyor belt. They're just going to, it's going to take some time to clear. And, you know, we, we expect things to remain in a, in a bad situation through the Lunar New Year. Uh, and then once then that passes, because you'll have a shutdown in Asia, which will benefit, uh, you know, kind of a stop of exports. And it'll, it'll allow the ports here in the U.S. some time to catch up and, and hopefully uh, they can do, you know, a good job at that. And, you know, we've been pretty vocal about, you know, the Biden administration, you know, what they announced uh, in their executive order about you know, having the ports open 24-7. You know, as, as a lot of people know, you know, there's only one port on Long Beach that it, that is, is operating with that third shift, um, and you know, there's not a lot of takers that are saying, "Hey, we we wanna we wanna get there." And it's not you know, it's not just the port's fault. There's a lot of things that have to happen. It's a great idea that we're working towards that, but it's not gonna it's not gonna help 2021. Mm. Okay, a lot of stuff there. A lot of good stuff there from Lee. Uh, Robin, give, give some of your what some things that you're thinking about this morning when you when it comes to the ports. 
<laughs> well, uh, first of all, shout out to to Lee for working in Lunar New Year into his commentary. <laughs> so I love that. You know, I think on a from a, a practical standpoint, I'm thinking about when to buy my Christmas presents for my kids, right? So, you know, that's the shortages that we're all experiencing as consumers are likely going to get worse and feel more acute in the in the Q4. So I think a lot of people should be thinking about it and planning ahead if they're not already you know, for our customers, uh, you know, they are experiencing, they're experiencing similar things that actually have been disrupting the ports, most notably the labor shortages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that our warehouse customers just can't get the right people and keep them in place. Um, And for us, a lot of our customers are in food, so that's even more disturbing. But I, I think the big thing that struck me by what has happened with the ports is I wonder if this isn't sort of our new world, right? And and sort of these things are going to start to happen more frequently, just because of of you know the demands on the infrastructure that's in place today, and the fact that it's just really not equipped to handle sort of re- the shocks that are very very likely to continue to happen in terms of weather and labor shortages and um, the next pandemic, hopefully not, but you never know. Right, and Robin, I, I think that that's interesting, thought provoking. Uh, commentary because more and more and faster and faster and next hour, you know, uh, two day delivery was fine. Same week with delivery was fine, but the demands keep getting placing a bigger and bigger burden on what many feel are still, at least here in the States, yesterday's infrastructure, right? Corinne, I'll circle back to you before we, a couple of things I want to point out. What are some of your thoughts, Corinne? Oh, I totally agree with with Lee's point of view with the backlog and the equipment that's out of position now. So we're going to be well into 2022 before we see that start to subside. And that is if we don't have another significant disruption, as Robin was saying, whether it's, you know, a a health crisis or some other um, crisis that impacts global moves. But it's important that we remember that those backup problems are not just in Southern California. We're seeing backups in Savannah and Charleston as well. Certainly not as acute as what we're seeing on the West Coast, but um, so many goods come in through West Coast ports. But um, the last I looked, the Savannah port was backed up maybe by about 25 to 30 ships. Right. So similar problem, not quite the same scale as what we're experiencing. So I think Robin's right. We've got to just figure out how to be more efficient and change some of the process around that load and unload process. Yep. Excellent point. A couple of points there in the article, RBC Capital Markets estimates that 77% of ports worldwide are experiencing uh, significant delays. So it's not just a couple that we always hear about. It also points out the S&P 500 companies, uh, this may have been an article, I might have sourced it somewhere else, but S&P 500 companies mentioned the phrase supply chain a record 3,000 times on earnings calls a couple of weeks ago. And yes, they evidently keep keep those those uh, uh, those met- metrics tracked. And then to Robin, to your point, really to all of y'all's points, because it's not going to be fixed overnight, it's not going to be fixed in the year, uh, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said on Friday that we should all be ready for global supply chain pains to continue throughout 2022 at a minimum. Okay, I want to share a few comments here from the skyboxes. Sushil, you're talking about a win-win situation or negotiation. Well, Peter says, if I can find his quick comment here, celebrate Orthodox Christmas on January 6th and save hundreds and free up free up the burden, some of the strain on supply chain. I love that. <laughs> Sylvia Judy says, my friend, first officer Ate of the Brussels Express, Happy Lloyd's 
first LNG vessel is already seven weeks behind schedule oh, wow. from Europe to Asia. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. But she says at least Hapag Lloyd is wise in turning to less congested ports like Charleston and Jacksonville to lessen the burden on Savannah. Savannah. Yep. Sheldon says supply chains can't outperform the physical limitations. Homemade gifts again this year, Sylvia. Now, Sylvia, Robin, and Lee, just in case, and Corinne, I think you know this, mm -hmm. Sylvia is the jelly queen of the eastern uh, coast. New, new title here. So uh, her friends and family are going to be in a great situation with homemade gifts again this year. Sylvia, let us know which jams and jellies that you'll be working on uh, this season. And Mohib says, more demand, expectation, more innovation, more pay. Love it. And that is a, um, <laughs> that's an interesting emoji. I think that's dollar signs. That is dollar vomiting. signs for eyes there. Oh. Right. <laughs> While pulling a Bailey there, Lee. All it's right. Got a, I might also say coming. coal might be a good gift for Christmas this year, given the, the run up in the, in the price of coal. Uh, as a commodity, it's up uh, well over double digits. <laughs> Uh, so if you give your children coal in their stocking, it actually it's, it's probably better than uh, treasury bonds right now. That's not investment advice, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell my children that. I'll yes. tell that my children that. that yes. I'm actually, the coal is a good gift this year. Uh, Lee, I love your deadpan delivery of that. So, so nicely worked in. Also, by the way, Corinne and Robin, Lee also worked in I Love Lucy, which is one of our favorite shows around here. Give you all a little heads up. Over the weekend, I read an article. There's a new movie coming out called Being the Ricardos, and it oh. stars Nicole Kidman and as Lucy. And evidently, she is. it's going to be her next Oscar-worthy role. Big, great, positive reviews coming out already. So Being the Ricardos, y'all be uh, on the lookout for that. All right. And Delano liked that. Laugh out loud. Coal for my stockings. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> All right, so are we ready to move right along? Anyone else have a, one final comment or thought around uh, no shortage of activities going on across global ports? No, I would I would just say, you know, Robin mentioned holiday shopping. I would just say buy now um, mm. because I'm not sure the bottlenecks are really going to dissipate in time for all of those great pre-holiday sales that we are accustomed to. Excellent point. Yeah, and there, there was, there was also some reporting on Bloomberg I read earlier uh, today that because of that, a lot of retailers aren't having as much in inventory on hand. There's probably going to be a lot uh, less discounting exactly. this year, so to wait for those final sales might be uh, fruitless. So you might be better off buying earlier at full mm. price. Well, all this and and came from the Bloomberg Intelligence article, so y'all check that out. Port gridlock stretches supply chain or supply lines thin and blow for economies. Okay, moving right along, a little less scary, perhaps. What we're talking about here is mm -hmm. we continue to track Amazon's rapid growth in U.S. parcel shipping. So get this, folks, and this really shouldn't be much of a surprise to anyone here. According to the Pitney Bowes Parcel Shipping Index, Amazon has now surpassed FedEx in terms of volume. So a little more detail. So this came to us via Max Garland at Supply Chain Dive, outstanding resource. The Big A's market share for U.S. parcel volume rose to 21% in 2020, right? That's just above FedEx, but just below UPS, which stood at 24% last year. But get this, FedEx, UPS, Amazon, and the U.S. Postal Service dominate the market. They make up 99% of all the market share. 
So we hear about different startups looking to break into that 1% and grow it, but we'll see how that shakes out. So Robin, I'll come to you first here. Your thoughts around Amazon logistics and their continuing growth into taking more market share. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think the thing that is sort of lost when you think about how much market share they've, they've gained is the fact that the industry is growing overall at this very, very rapid rate. So that growth happened in an environment where I, th I think every single of one of the legacy players had double digit year over year growth. Right. So it's not it's not that Amazon is taking from the legacy players at all. It's just that the market growth is so it's just on fire right. um, and everybody's growing. And so, I mean, it's it is phenomenal and impressive that Amazon has created a whole new logistics entity and it, it's just a space of a couple of years. But I think what's even, just as amazing is the fact that they also have structurally changed consumer expectations on when they're going to get their goods. That is just driving the, you know, the waters even higher for everybody. Right. So my question going forward is like, what happens as we continue this tear? I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about the ports and the physical limitations there, but like U.S. infrastructure, I don't know if it can sustain double digit plus growth in, uh, in parcel delivery indefinitely. And I don't see consumer cha habits changing. Right. And so I do think there is just this amazing, amazing opportunity for technology to increase e efficiency and it's gonna have to happen. Like, right. you know, we just can't sustain what we're doing without without that. Breaking point for sure. Well, well I'm gonna come to you, uh, Lee next and then Corinne, but really quick over the weekend, I read that the Erie Canal was uh, opened this week, way back when. And, you know, talking about things that have to change, you know, traffic on the Erie Canal was was mule powered for quite some time. And and when it flipped over to the, you know, gas powered boats, it increased the speed and it, 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 it laid the foundation for 15 hours on the Erie Canal. Have you, do y'all remember that song? 15 hours mm -hmm. on the Erie Canal? Do you really, yes, Robin? I do. I do. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you can you sing it for us? There Robert? is no way. There isn't just no freaking way. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> well, so kidding aside, as much of a shock, and really that example doesn't do it justice, but as much of a shock as going from mule powered to um, gas powered or locomotive, maybe, is this this gauntlet that's been thrown down by Amazon for years now, and we're still dealing as a global industry of how how to deal with it and not. And it, it's a moving target. You know, the gauntlet was initially like we talked about two days and, and then a day and then two hours. So, Robin, it, it's really fascinating. And we're going to have to find a way to, to meaningfully invest in our infrastructure. All right. So, Lee, coming to you next. So talking about, uh, again, this this article here and the and the report out Amazon Logistics moving past FedEx, even if it, if the market is growing all in all your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with all the points that Robin made. But you know, what I would also add is that is is Amazon business really business that FedEx or UPS wants because it's very low margin business versus higher margin business that they can get from small uh, to mid size uh, e-tailers that are out there. You know, FedEx pretty much walked away from Amazon, or they maybe walked away from each other, depending on who you talk to, in 2019. And, and FedEx wanted to focus more on that more profitable market versus you know just getting a lot of volume at thin margins. I mean, UPS still is, is heavily exposed uh, to Amazon, but I bet you over time that percentage 
uh, is going to uh, gradually go away, not, maybe not to zero, right. uh, but they're going to become less reliant on it because, you know, there's a new CEO, relatively new CEO at UPS, Carol Tomei, and she's, you know, really focused on improving margins and improving the overall company. And, you know, there there are better markets uh, for a FedEx and a UPS than, than Amazon, you know, and there are also a lot of other players coming coming up, like, you know, LaserShip, uh, that that's one that's uh, you know been on our radar recently. You know they do a lot of final mile stuff. They did they did a merger, so they now they have East Coast and West Coast uh, capabilities. They seem to you know they need to grow more to be a, a truly a, a national threat right. to the FedExes and the UPSs of, of the world. But you know that article doesn't surprise me, and you know it's really being driven, like Robin pointed out, on the explosive growth that Amazon has had as a company, and the fact that they do all their 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 own delivery. And if you think about it, I mean, Amazon Logistics is just a very different being because they don't really need to make money. They just need to cover right. costs where uh, FedEx and UPS have to make money. Excellent point, Lee. Excellent point. Of course, Amazon's also making quite a living off the data side of things. So Corinne, when we talk about Amazon Logistics, some of these thoughts that Robin and Lee are sharing, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, I really appreciate both perspectives and and that Amazon has a broader business portfolio that they can look at margin contribution from. I do agree that, you know, Amazon changed the consumer's expectation of, you know, how quick I can get whatever it is I'm ordering. Um, and, and we have taken that into the business world too. So from a business to business perspective, if you don't have that same visibility and reliability of your inbound um, and outbound shipments, I mean, that's an expectation that we should take into those relationships as well. So I think that that has changed. I will say that my Amazon shipments recently have not been coming as promptly as they used to. So instead of one or two day, some of my shipments have been more three and four days. So I don't know if that's a blip in their service in my area, but, um, but uh, you know, there may be a few growing challenges, let's say in, in some of their distribution. But, you know, there's so much opportunity there's so, despite all of the innovation, the success and the growth Amazon's had, there's so much opportunity. So with that said, I should also say, Lee, I read over the weekend uh, from Bloomberg that Amazon is looking to purchase 10 Airbus A3 30-300 aircraft. Now I'm no aircraft expert, but I understand that's the wider body that's better suited for air cargo as they're looking to maybe take some of the priority SKUs maybe back in yep. control. Any any comments there, Lee? Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of related to what I said before. I mean, their main goal is to lower their cost of delivering stuff. And you know, to do that, they're going to bring some stuff in-house. They're going to leverage that network with some of their, uh, you know, their third-party shippers and put their stuff in it. But again, at the end of the day, th- their air fleet's still going to be, you know, very small relative to FedEx and right. UPS. We continue, we expect it to continue to grow as their business grows. And as, again, as they take more things in, if you think of Walmart, I mean, Walmart operates one of the biggest trucking fleets uh, in, in, in the U.S., but there's still huge buyers of purchase transportation from uh, for hire trucking companies. This is just what Amazon's doing, just a lot quicker. And I guess it's a little sexier because it's e-commerce versus, you know, going to a big box retailer. Right. Uh, well, we do have an aircraft expert uh, in the skybox is the one only Peter Bolet wow. all night and all day. Good lift, excellent range on an A330. How about that? And AC did full 
Air Canada did full cargo conversions on B-777s. All right, a couple of comments here really quick. Mohib says, supply chain of coal is already depleted for this season. Next season's shipment will be delayed as well. Lee, it's the joke that keeps on giving, right? Your coal comments. So thank you for that today. Sheldon says, Amazon Logistics market share is inextricably linked to the growth of their marketplace. Amazon Logistics is part of a value added. FedEx, et cetera, is value charging, which gives a better value prop. This is why... They've started to offer services on the open market. Eventually, he says, they'll have to spin off Amazon Logistics to make it sustainable. Hmm. All right. Do y'all agree with that? Robin, Lee, quick thumbs up, quick thumbs down. Corinne? Um, I think we're going to see a spinoff of AWS before we see a spinoff of Amazon Logistics. Um, I, I think that that's a business that can stand on its own and has grown exponentially as well. Okay. I, I would agree with that. And I actually think it kind of goes the other way. I think a lot of other people who have the right scale are going to start thinking about bringing their capacity in-house as well to have sort of captive capacity because it's very important strategically, especially when you think about the consumer expectations to be able to control delivery. Excellent point. Okay. Corinne, Robin, and Lee, thank you all for that quick response there. All right. So as much as I want to continue diving into this fascinating conversation, come on, anything with the big A, you can find days and days of fodder to talk about supply chain stuff with. But Corinne, I want to switch over to, you recently attended the new the Newlogy Exchange Conference. And it seems like y'all had a little passionate conversation around this notion of how to force supply chain partnerships for share success. So can okay. give us a couple of quick takeaways from that. First of all, it's a different verb. It's how to forge supply oh chain gosh. partnerships for share success. <laughs> okay. There was no force. There, that, that was not part of the discussion. But but some days you really <laughs> want to force it rather than forge it. Y'all got to, right? Thumbs up on that, right? So yeah, so it was it was actually, it was really a fantastic panel discussion. If you guys are not familiar with Newlogy, I encourage you to check them out because they're a provider of digital supply chain solutions that really connect trading partners and their focus is in the consumer products sector. So lots of food and beverage, but connecting those co-manufacturers, co-packers, 3PLs, so that you're communicating and collaborating more effectively. Uh, but the panel was fantastic. So Kim Faulkner with Colgate Palmolive, Charles Liu, who is with Away Travel, but he's been with Walmart in the past and Casper Sleep. And then David Warwick, who um, is one of the key individuals in the Microsoft supply chain. So for their devices. Right. So it was really interesting to learn more about how they're working with trading partners and where the opportunities are for growth. Love that. And you know, we like to maintain a healthy sense of humor around here. So thank you for correcting me, Corinne. <laughs> Sylvia, may the forge be with you. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Oh goodness. See one little one little that's uh, awesome. letter. That one little fantastic. typo. <laughs> that, that's what happens, Robin and Lee. So speaking of forging supply chain partnerships, creative partnerships, innovative partnerships, Robin, any quick, I know a lot of things you are doing is, is highly innovative and it's fueling your growth, which has been really cool to see. Any quick thought there, Robin? On forging partnerships in general? Yes. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, because that the the sort of legacy systems supporting the ecosystem are just so fragmented and diverse, mm -hmm. You kind of have to, right? You have to be willing to work with everyone. That's definitely been our philosophy, which is very partner friendly. And, you know, I think that a lot of companies aren't going to change out a lot of the systems that they're using to, to run their business 
and the software solutions that they're using. So I think you've got to be prepared to work with a bunch of different people. So I think partnerships is the way to go. It gives you credibility and it makes you have faster reach into the industry. Excellent point, Robin. And I think challenging that old assumption that system, you know, certain systems, certain technologies, certain partners are not going to work. I think we've been seeing a lot of reinventing. It's a lot of challenging of those assumptions and reinventing and fi to find new opportunities. So it sounds like you're seeing some of that too, Robin. Lee, any any observations there on these new creative, innovative partnerships across supply chain? You know, nothing really of substance to add, just, I mean, collaboration is key in, in, in everything that we do, uh, whether it's, we're talking about supply chains or whether it's your own business or your own personal life. So, I mean, uh, collaboration is key, uh, no matter what, 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 what you're doing. So, uh, no real value add to over what, uh, Corinne and Robin added. Thank you for that. Quick comment here from Sashi. He agrees with Corinne here in the UAE, Amazon service levels have been depleted too. Not sure why. Okay. Well, We'll get our, our research team cracking to see where else that may, <laughs> they may be seeing that. All right. So collaboration is key. We all agree there. And we're seeing some really cool, innovative collaboration that is being forged across supply chain. Thank you for, for sharing that, Corinne. <laughs> Speaking of collaboration, it appears, Lee, that Bloomberg and truckstop.com partnered together on this truckload survey. Can you share a couple? Get, for two things. Give us a little background around the survey, like when it came out and maybe the purpose of it. And then give us a couple of key takeaways, if you would. Sure. So I might be getting the exact timing wrong. What we've been doing this for about 10 years uh, with maybe eight years with truckstop.com. Uh, for those that don't know, truckstop.com is one of the largest load boards uh, in the U.S. And, you know, we do a quarterly survey as it relates to the trucking market. And we also do a semi-annual survey as it relates to the freight brokerage market uh trucks the people the sample size um tends to you know uh, be around 125 to 150 owner operators they usually own uh one one truck so it's mm -hmm. usually you know the person that driving the truck is the person that owns his, his or her business and those are the people we're going out with and we just ask them every quarter you know where do you think uh growth is headed in terms of loads and where do you think rates are headed over the next uh, six months um you know, the responses have been overwhelmingly bullish and positive as it relates to load growth. About 62% expect uh, load growths to increase over the next six months. It's slightly um, uh, down from last year at 64%, but it's still, I'm sorry, it's, it's down uh, slightly from uh, the second quarter. So, you know, it's uh, slightly less positive, but it still remains extremely positive. And on the rate side, uh, actually that's gotten even more bullish about 55 percent believe that rates are going to increase mm -hmm. and only 13 percent uh, believe that rates are, are going to go down over the next six months um you know and, and that's just really been driven by an extremely tight market they have uh, uh you know independent of the survey they have a, a weekly uh index for relative supply and demand and they call it their mdi index that index is up about 180 percent on average this year uh, and what that tells us is that the trucking market remains extremely tight. That's been pushing uh, spot rates up around 40% this year. And, you know, uh, part of my job is I cover a lot of publicly traded companies and follow their earnings. And a lot of them have reported earnings over the last uh, week and a half, and they've all beaten expectations. And a lot of that has to do with these large trucking companies is the rates that they're able to, to generate. I mean, J.B. Hunt 
uh, they generate around 29% increase in contractual rates in, in the in the, uh, in the third quarter. So, you know, obviously all of that is not going to the bottom line. They have to pay up for drivers. Um, they have a, a lot of inflationary pressures that they're dealing with, and they're trying to pass that off to the to, to the shippers. And given the tight market, they're really able to do that, um, you know, trucking companies in general. So, Robin, I'll come to you for a lot, a lot of stuff there, a lot of things that Lee is tracking. Some of your thoughts of where the market's headed. I, you know, I'm not surprised by the results of the study, and I think that you know it's accurately reflects where I think it's going to head. You know, I don't think that I think there's going to be continued demand, and it's going to sort of sustain on what it's been over the last couple quarters. So, um, yeah, no surprises there for me. Yep. And Corinne, your thoughts? Um, I would just say I'm I'm surprised at the good news. It sounded, Lee, if I'm if I'm interpreting what you said correctly that margins are continuing at the same level or better if we've got some outbeats on earnings. So um, with rising costs and the constraints we have with drivers and, and you know, just personnel in general across the supply chain, uh, the good news that I heard in all of that is despite these challenges, we are seeing some margin improvement. Yeah, yeah, good news for trucking companies. So, you know, not 100% of the rate increases don't uh, go just to offset the the cost. Some of it does trickle down to the, you know, operating income or EBIT line. Uh, and, and so you're, you're seeing, you know, better than expected um, growth growth for a lot of them. Excellent. All right. So we're going to have a fast and furious finish. I hate to leave this subject so quickly, but all three of y'all have, have big updates, big projects, uh, sharing partner-friendly Keyword of the day, Mohib. I love that. Peter says, strategic partnerships are the key to all success. Collaboration is a must, has been so for decades. Only way, he says, to ride it out of storm. Then Peter also adds, gouging is king right now, but buyers <laughs> have a long memory. They so, do. They do. All right. So as we start to wrap, I want to get an update from each of y'all. And again, Robin and Lee, great to have you, uh, have you back. We appreciate our collaboration and partnerships we have with both of you and, of course, Corinne. Uh, it's great to see Tech Talk continue to blow up. Let's start with you, Robin. So RoadSync, talk about growth. Man, lots of growth in recent months and over the last year or so. New flagship offices in Midtown Atlanta, a.k.a. Supply Chain City. So uh, give us what should folks know about RoadSync and what's going on now? Yeah, just a reminder for folks, what we do is we automate the business expenses uh, in the transportation industry. So we've, where we started is that we've been focused on making sure there's visibility and automation around routine driver expenses. So, you know, some of the things that are getting flowed up, you know, into some of these costs that we were just talking about, you know, shippers and carriers need better visibility over these expenses. And then also they just need to be easier to get paid so people don't get stuck waiting to have a vehicle repaired or to have their vehicle unloaded. So it's been really, very- Robin, really quick. Yeah. I love that because it's like y'all are the keeper of the DX, that driver experience. And it's so important to be loving on those folks right now, especially yeah. during mm -hmm. these ever challenging times. So I appreciate you refreshing our memory, what all the good things that uh, Road Sync's up to. Yeah. And so the big thing for us, in addition to hiring, so we are hiring like mad uh, developers as well as sales folks. Um, but we also are going to launch uh, RoadSync Driver uh, later this month, which is our first driver focused app. Uh, currently, our, our app has been focused on the merchants or the vendors that support the trucking industry. Um, but now we're, we have a solution for drivers to basically catalog their expenses and receipts, pay easier, and then also be able to submit their expenses to any employer easily within our app. 
So very excited about being able to launch that. And to your point, the driver experience, it's just an easier way to make it easy. Um, we easier way to make it easy, whatever. But, you know, one of the pieces of research we found is over half of drivers were telling us that they were submitting in paper receipts and Ooh. stuff, you know, scanning it in with their phone. So there definitely are easier ways to do that. I'm with you. It takes me back to uh, the company that brought me to Atlanta uh, forever ago. Was uh, We had to bundle up our receipts and FedEx them into the corporate office every month and, 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 and including writing it all out on a, on a manual form. Holy cow. I, I was, I was trying to twist the CFO's arm to move to some kind of early scanning thing just to save us all and all the offices some hours, but uh, there's always a better way. And Robin, I love that. So congrats on the new app and folks, uh, RoadSync is hiring a number of different roles and how can folks uh, let us know what URL RoadSync.com. It's just that easy folks. Just that easy. All right. So Lee logistics, Lee, I love the new, so you can find Lee Klaskow, the one and only on Twitter now. Uh, he's given into the dark side and joined us on Twitter. Uh, and got, Lee, there's so much you can add to that, uh, the more serious side of Twitter. So I'm looking forward to already follow you, looking forward to your contributions. But uh, what's the latest and greatest at Bloomberg Intelligence? Right now we're gearing up towards uh, our 2022 and beyond outlooks uh, for, at least for me, for the railroad, trucking, marine shipping, and third-party logistics spaces. So uh, here at, at Bloomberg Intelligence, I touch upon all those uh, major sub-segments. And also we're in the process of rolling out to our institutional clients uh, calculators, which will allow them to model companies a, a lot easier uh, with the great data that's on Bloomberg, coupled with uh, some Excel functionality. Love it. And we're saying logistics, Lee, because that is your new Twitter handle, right? Yeah, I stumbled upon this uh, this new network called Twitter uh, recently, and um, I, I thought I'd, I'd get involved with it. It seemed kind of interesting. So I've been tweeting, I, I believe. Tweeting, yeah. And um, so I only have like, like, like 50 followers, and I'm probably uh, being exaggerating to the upside. So um, if you want to stroke my ego, uh, please follow me on, on, on Twitter. Awesome. Hey, if you love supply chain and logistics and transportation and a sense of humor, make sure you follow Logistics Lee. He's one of the best out there. So I appreciate your time. And we're going we're gonna to do one more wrap around the panel to make sure folks know how to connect with each of you. Corinne, man, Tech Talk has been blowing up. And I think I've got a graphic here. Let's see here. This was your last episode with Ben Cubit with TransPlace. So what, yeah. either about this or about Tech Talk in general, what's been going on? Yeah, so we're having a lot of fun on Tech Talk and our, our listeners are growing, right? So all the supply chain movers and shakers that are interested in all things digital as it applies to the supply chain. Um, we had a great conversation about what can you take control of, right? Taking control in this disrupted world. And um, spoiler alert, Ben told us that you should probably throw out your supply chain playbook and uh, start. Start working on a new playbook, uh, <laughs> right. not just for the coming quarter, but uh, for the coming 2022 period. So you've got to be more agile. You're not going to get there with spreadsheets and uh, you're going to have to do a lot more planning and um, and become a better customer. Right. So uh, it's it's a terrible time to be a bad customer uh, and people will have long memories. I think Peter Belay just said something to that effect as well. So. Lots going on there. And then just to talk about what Robin mentioned with the holiday shopping season coming up, um, getting ready to hear from Dr. Glenn Ritchie, who is in the um, 
the supply chain management program at Auburn University, War Eagle. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming holiday season and what expectations we should have as consumers in, in dealing with some of these disruptions and uh, what might be ongoing again well into 2022. Love that. And I bet there's lots of, there's a talent pipeline coming out of Auburn that might can there help is. out Road Sync. Yeah. We will see. Hey, really quick, one more comment from the skyboxes. Sylvia talks about, I just had to move a load from Norfolk to Ohio. From the time of quote to execution, my rate increased $3,700. My customer thinks I'm a thief. Whew, tough time it, out there, man. Is. Challenging. Uh, and we know it's not you. It is right. the wild, wild west. Um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully with many of the things Lee mentioned earlier, we'll see some of that volume start coming down in the coming weeks and uh, the Lunar New Year um, and, and get some relief to get those assets repositioned. Uh, but it is it is crazy right now. Agreed. Agreed. And and, and, and Scott, if I can yeah. just add, you know, if, if the federal mandate for vaccines happens for companies with 100 or more employees, I mean, that's also going to negatively impact uh, trucking supply. Because a lot of a lot of truckers, at least for, from a few trucking executives that I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks, you know, are kind of concerned that they might lose a lot of drivers uh, because of, of the, uh, the mandated vaccine, uh, which is, you know, interesting within itself, uh, but, you know, could keep those trucking rates at high because of a tight capacity. Wow. Agreed. Curveballs keep coming for sure. Hey, quick heads up to the production team. Big thanks to Amanda, Jada, Allie, and Clay behind the scenes helping us uh, make today's live stream version of the supply chain buzz happen. Hey, we're going to, we're going to wrap with all four of us here in the stream for the sake of time. And I want to make sure folks know how to connect with our panelists. So we'll sign off all together. Robin, Robin Gregg, CEO of RoadSync, uh, RoadSync.com. How can folks connect with you? Um, so check us out at roadsync.com. I also am reachable via email at robin.greg at roadsync.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for what you do. Congrats on all the success and look forward to the next edition of uh, Take Your Shot with you and Greg and the team there. All right. Lee Klaskow, how can folks connect with you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. My spelling of my name is right, right, right there, um, <laughs> there. So, um, and I'm also on Twitter at uh, Logistics Lee. And how can I connect with Bailey? <laughs> a, do a dog whistle, maybe. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, Bailey doesn't have an agent yet. Next time, uh, uh, he or she no, will. No, yeah. Regardless, I uh, appreciate all that you do, and I appreciate the the down to earth manner and what the way you present information that we need to know between the ears. So big thanks to Lee Klaskow. And then finally, Corinne Bursa. Corinne, you've got no shortage of projects. Love to see what Tech Talk's up to, but that's just one of them. How can folks connect with Corinne Bursa? Yeah, of course, LinkedIn is quick and easy. Uh, love if you could connect with me there. Also, be sure to follow Tech Talk and be sure to subscribe. Like Lee, I'm looking for subscribers as well. So um, would love to get your input and feedback on some of the recent episodes and recommendations, maybe on topics you'd like me to tackle in the future. Wonderful. Well, big thanks to Corinne Bursa, Robin Gregg, and Lee Klaskow. Wide-ranging and fun discussion here today. I appreciate your, your appearance and your time on the Supply Chain Buzz. Hey, folks, uh, make sure you connect with Corinne, Robin, and Lee. Make sure you find Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcast from. Click the subscribe so you don't miss conversations just like this. And hey, let us know what you think of our new website, supplychainnow.com. It's just that easy. Uh, your feedback was critical to the uh, the, the uh, reinvention of the site. 
and really appreciate y'all keep that coming. Hey, on behalf of the entire team here, big thanks again, Jada, Amanda, Allie, and Clay behind the scenes. Big thanks to our panelists, Corinne, Robin, Lee. Of course, all the folks that showed up in the skyboxes to uh, share good stuff here today. Hey, yes, the Forge and the Force are both <laughs> with you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Most importantly, do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. Go Braves. We'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.